0: I will tell you that it's absolutely uh, an honor for me to be able to introduce uh, Pastor Dick Iverson that will be bringing the word this morning. Pastor Dick Iverson has been serving the Lord for, it's been 70 years or longer, I know. And uh, he's 87 years old, just a wonderful man of God. Pastor Dick Iverson started MFI. He pastored in Portland, Oregon Deliverance Temple. Then it became uh, Bible Temple, then City City Bible, and he started MFI, Ministers Fellowship International, which is one of the fellowships that we're part of. Uh, Brother Dick has been uh, a father to me in the faith, a, a man of God that honestly has helped to keep me sane. Uh, many of you know I went through a, a, just a, a crisis in my life, personal crisis. Brother Dick Iverson, with all of the MFI, probably, I don't know, has probably 3,000 members with all the churches and, and pastors, et cetera, he would take the time to call me almost every month to see how I was doing. And I, I'm going to tell you, uh, there was times that I, I knew I, I I just, if I'd have had anybody tell me that I could have quit, I would have quit. And I can remember one day in particular where I absolutely thought when he called that day, that would be the day he would say, Tyrone, you need to just 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 step out and just let, let life go on. I was standing outside the building, and I gave him every reason to tell me to quit. And he gave me every reason why I shouldn't, every reason on why I shouldn't. And uh, from you can't, you can't, you can't leave the call of God. You have people counting on you. You got a church. And I'm going to tell you, I say this because none of you would be here today if this man had not told me you keep serving the Lord and doing what God has called you to do. I love him dearly. I love his wife, Roxy. They're just special people, and you're going to be blessed. We're honored to have Pastor Dick Iverson to bring the word of God. God bless
1: you. Well, it is a thrill to be here. I've been waiting to address this church for several years, and now I'm here. And I'm going to bore you for the next few minutes. So shake your neighbor, say wake up, listen to him. He's got something to say. Thank you. (laughs) I pastor a church, and I started pastoring the church when I was 21. Now, that's a long time ago. i just come back from Jamaica... Well, we had large crowds, went to British Isles, we had large crowds, but I didn't want a pastor. I wanted to be an evangelist. T.L. Osborne was my pastor, and uh, I wanted to do what he was doing, take the, the large crowd, and, and they want you to come back, and, and uh, that was kind of my goal. But I went on a fast for three weeks, just water only, and the Lord said, "Go help your father." Well that was the last word I wanted to hear to work with my dad. He had a hundred people, and uh, I went and told Dad I'm supposed to work with you and And from 51, that's when I was 21, 51 on, I began to pastor that church. But the sad part was it didn't grow. It One in the front door and one out the back door. One in the front door and one out the back door. And it stayed at around 100 people. And I was used to thousands, literally thousands of people would show up for the crusades I would conduct but I'm stuck with this little church I tried everything I tried giving bicycles away if they would bring so many people let them ride a little horse if they would bring people I tried everything but then one day the Lord said uh, you should get a little more spiritual about this and I invited a prophet. Now that's the danger that I had because I, I thought they would probably bring people, but the the man that, that prophesied over me at his last service, he brought me up before my 100 people and said, the evil that's in your heart. There goes your honorarium. <laughs> <laughs> it's born of your own frustration. It's not the people. It's in it's you. In, you. in, in front, front of my, of my people. people. Well, then okay. they, they started start watching everything, everything I would do. <laughs> <laughs> and and I talked a little long talk to one lady. lady. Oh, that's, that's it. I've got a, a trouble going one there. One there. And, and so I was, was in, in a miserable place. place. There's evil in my heart. Evil in my heart. And I, and I sought, sought the Lord, Lord diligently. diligently. What, what is the evil that's in my heart? And uh, for weeks, I walked the floor and said, Lord, show me the evil that's in my heart. and I want to get rid of it. One night, about two in the morning, as I'm walking the floor, the Lord spoke to me. You know what he said? You don't love what I love. Now, I want you to listen, because that's the heart of my message. You don't love what I love. I love my ministry. I love the crowds. You know, I love preaching. Lord, what do you love that I don't love? Well... I arrived in Portland, Oregon when I was eight years old. I'm still in Portland, Oregon. I'm going nowhere. Eight years old. I go through grade school. I go through high school. I'm still in Portland, Oregon. And I didn't like Portland, Oregon. The Bible says... For God so loved the world. And listen to me carefully. If you're a visiting pastor here, wherever you go, Jesus loves them. That's why he sent you. He loves the world. And uh, suddenly I realized that I didn't love Portland, Oregon. I did not love it. I'm to love what Jesus loves. And the second thing, was the house of God I didn't love the house of God I said no I don't want to stay in this little church this is my father's sheep and uh, they don't really recognize the gift that, uh, that I am to them and <laughs> they, they don't bring people out to hear me and so I don't love that little church I do not love that little church so I had a problem I don't love the city, and I don't love the little church I'm pastoring. And that was the beginning of the change. We had a hundred people. When I resigned the church and turned it over to Pastor Frank, it was 3,500 people that would crowd into that place. Yeah. And it's because I changed my attitude. I went before the people and said, will you forgive me for not loving you? And uh, I asked them to forgive me. Now, you might be here, and you say, I'm just here uh, to go to church somewhere, and I am just showed up here. And that's not enough with the Lord. He wants you to love it. He wants you to love the house of God. And if you love the house of God you're going to bless it you're going to see it increase and it's going to be the joy of your life Yuma City I wouldn't mind living down here <laughs> it rains up in Portland <laughs> but here the sun shines every day and uh, so you've got to love Yuma City right? you've got to love it now it's two things you have to love this house and give yourself to the house of God, and you gotta love your city, where God has planted you. And I wanna, I wanna read some scriptures. Uh, if you have your Bible, Ephesians 3:10, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God, the many-sided wisdom of God, might be made known how by the church to principalities and powers in heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal purpose. Do you know you can't get any higher than right now? You can say, well, I just want to have more visions and more dreams and more uh, opportunities. The Lord says that You are involved in the eternal purpose of God right now. Right now, you're here because he wants to use you. He wants to make this place strong until it will literally cover up human city from end to end. They will know that the South exists. You want that? Of course you do. Well, that's what he says. Now, let me read another scripture. That These two scriptures really changed me. When I realized I'm involved, when I'm involved with the house of God and with the city of man, the city of God, that I am in the very center of God's will. Listen to what Ephesians 5.25 says. This is this kind of scary here. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now that's a powerful scripture. What is the most valuable possession I have? Is it my bank account? No. Is it my house? No. Is it my car? No. Is it my occupation? No. The most valuable possession I have right now is this lady sitting in front. Roxy. And that is the most valuable possession you have, husband. You're to... And it it says, Husbands, love your wife... And he and give the example just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word, that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having any spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished it, cherished it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bone. Now you can't get any closer. We are members of his body and of his bones. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother did not Jesus leave the father and come here and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh this is a great mystery but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Do you have a biblical vision of this house. Do you think this is just a crowd? Do you think it's just a bunch of people that happen to come together? No. Our steps are ordered of the Lord. I want you to notice this scripture. This really puts it into perspective. 1 John 4 2. By this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Not did or will. We we all recognize he did come. We all recognize he's going to come back someday. But it says here, has come. You are sitting next to Jesus right now. Whoa. How would you, tr- if you really believed it, how would you treat that person next to you? You would love that person. You would serve him. You would do everything you could do to bless that person sitting next to you. And that's what this Bible says. It says that if you uh, really have the Spirit of God, you will confess that Jesus Christ has come. Right now, he said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, what? There I am in the midst of them. Now, this is very important. Now, here's the scripture that used to bother me. Matthew 7:22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name? And done many wonderful works in your name. And I will say, I never knew you. Now that's quite a scripture. He says, you can do all kinds of miracles and signs and wonders and say, look at what we've done. But he says, I never knew you. And that word, I never knew you, is a marriage word. I didn't have any intimate relationship with you. (coughs) Now that gives you uh, a real perspective of what God expects out of you. He wants to know you. Not just have you do a lot of works. We believe in that and we are seeing a lot of things happen during this conference on Reset. But the most important thing is not signs and wonders. It's that he knows us. That there's a oneness between us and Jesus. That's more important than the signs and wonders. And uh, when you when you come to the church, you've got to come uh, realizing that you are uh, now uh, brought into the body of Jesus. Your flesh of His flesh, bone of His bone. Now. When I say these things, I I get convicted. I don't treat him as bone of my, my bone and flesh of my flesh, but that's what he said. The church is to be the dwelling place of God. This is what he says here in in Psalms 132, verse 13. I hope you're taking these down. He said. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. Then in the New Testament, Hebrews twelve twenty two, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, unto the church of the firstborn. You realize you have become part of Zion right here. Today we are what Jesus chose. The Lord chose Zion and he said, you've also chosen Zion. So this city of God that we're in is not just an imagination. It is the living place of Jesus. He is right here, right now, wants to bring comfort and direction. He wants to answer your problems. He does want you to know the miracle working power of God. Have you, you ever, ever wondered, wondered why the devil attacks your church? Why, why is it, it that you and are I are always. He's struggling to maintain unity, and, 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 and the one in, 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 in Christ, Christ, in the, in house, the house of God. God, the church is always He's under attack. attack. He's always, He's always trying, trying to bring the vision into, into, the into the house of God. God. There's a scripture over here in Colossians, Colossians 2, 2, 15, 18. Having, having disarm, disp- principalities of and powers, powers, and have made, made a publicly public suspect. Of, of them trying tri- um, over, over them, them in him. it so Jesus, Jesus came, he, he utterly, utterly defeated the devil, the devil. And, uh, and he, uh, is, the he is the conqueror of all conquerors, of all conquerors. he's the king, king of all kings now, now let me I'm ask you this why would Jesus attack that church? church if you've been listening to me the church is the wife of Jesus. That's what you are. We are the wife of Jesus. And the Bible says that we are to be bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Well, if we look at what the Heavenly Father, the Heavenly Husband has done, he conquered totally, completely the devil. He conquered Satan and he gave us the key of victory in Jesus Christ well if if I had an enemy and every time he would come to me I'd punch him out what would he do to get even with me I'll just use a little common sense here he would attack my wife because he would say I can't beat the husband but I can certainly beat his wife up Why does the church undergo constantly the attacks of the devil? I've served the Lord all my life, since I was eight years old. I gave my life to the Lord. I was baptized. I received the Holy Spirit. I was out in ministry. I pastored a church. And I don't remember ever having any personal peace In the house of God, I always remember somebody's upset, somebody's leaving the church, somebody doesn't like what I preached on, and on and on and on. Because the enemy attacks the church over and over and over again because it's the wife of Jesus. Can you imagine you're sitting next to the wife of Jesus? That's what he says you are. You're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. And he said, no matter how many signs and wonders you do, what you need to know, you've never known him. You never had a personal example of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I look at the scriptures, I see how close he is to you and I. Here's a scripture that always excites me. Acts nine one. Acts nine one. Then Saul, who was later called Paul, still breathing out threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, <coughs> went to went the to high, the priest, high priest, priest and had from and the letters from him, to uh, uh, the, 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 the masses, so that if He found any of the way, and the word "the way" is what they call the church. Whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came to Damascus, and suddenly—listen to what goes on here—and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, brilliant light. <clears throat> then he, and he fell, fell to the to ground, the ground <throat> and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, <coughs> Saul, why have you persecuted me? And he, Saul said to him, Who are you, Lord? And what did he say? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now, as far as we know, uh, Paul was uh, uh, Saul was after the Christians to even have them killed. But he says here in the Scriptures, Why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the, the goats? Now, if you follow this... Path of Saul he wrote most of the New Testament he revealed the revelation of the church as being the wife of Jesus and he says why do you persecute me if you hurt Roxy you hurt me you hear me you you couldn't hurt me any worse and I've said to her if it if I had to give my life for you. I'd give my life like that. Because she's the most valuable possession I have. I would give my life for you anytime. And can you say that about Jesus? Would you give your life to, to uh, show your love for Jesus? That's what Jesus was saying here. Why are you persecuting me? Saul and Saul said who are you I am Jesus and we have no knowledge in the Bible that he ever touched Jesus he stood and and held the coats of Stephen when he was stoned but he didn't do it but he was after the Christians to bring him down to persecute him to to show his his uh disdain for the house of god now you might be here today and you say i don't want to be part of the church you don't want to be part of jesus i would say you got a big problem because When you persecute the house of God and you speak evil of it, you're speaking evil of Jesus. And when you speak evil of Jesus, Jesus says, you're persecuting me. Now, that's pretty serious. You are persecuting me. And he says, I don't want you to do that. I want to give you six six reasons. Why, Why we, we should expect back house of the Lord? If you're, you're here, here you, you need to say, "I'm I'm hard hard as this." House. House. It's great to see the little good, good back back roll number, number, number one, one. It's where, it's where Jesus was. When, you, when come you come to the house of house God, God we're not just come come here here uh, expecting, not uh, not we're, we're, we're coming here, expecting here. the presence of Jesus. Jesus. Come into this place and touch our lives. Psalm 132 verse 13. The Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired for his, his dwelling place. Jesus is here this morning. Right now, he's here. What's he here for? To help you, to bless you, to strengthen you, to heal you? Whatever you might need, Jesus has the ability to take care of it. He says, Amen. Number two, it's a place of blessing. I I love Psalm 133. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head of running down the beard, the beard of Aaron running down to the edge of his garment it's a place where he commands the blessing when you come and you stay in unity with each other Jesus said I command blessing on it I I tell you right now you are blessed because of your unity and I've been watching it during this reset conference the goodness of God through these prophets as he spoke to each one that he's that's been ministered to that you are blessed because of the unity of this house you are blessed can you say amen you are blessed praise God number three it's a place where the new wine flows Uh, in Isaiah 65 8 and thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, one saith, Do not destroy it, for a blessing is it. He's not talking about just one rain, uh, grape. All you can get out of one grape is a raisin. <laughs> is that right? But he says, It's in the cluster that the wine flows. It's when we all come together that we produce the wine, the good wine. Number four, it's a place where God has set me. If you're here today, God has brought you here. You didn't come here because I thought to would be something to do. You notice, notice what 1 Corinthians twelve eight says. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. Then he goes on and says in Psalm 68, God has set the solitary into families. He brings out those that are bound in prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in dry land. Number five, it is a place where, and I like this one here, I will be fruitful even in old age. That's right. Come on, give yourself a hand. <laughs> Psalms ninety two twelve: The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow up like the cedars of Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old days age. Amen? <laughs> they shall be fresh and flourishing. One translation says fat. I don't like that word. <laughs> <laughs> and number six, it is a place where we influence society. This church should change the nature of this city. Amen. Uh, some of you need to run for offices, be the mayor have an influence in this city this is God's plan so I I bring you a very simple word God wants you to enjoy being a Christian and enjoy one another you are here by the will of God he wants to bless you he wants to increase you in every area of your life and you are not an accident on a way to happen You are a person of influence right here in Yuma City. God wants to add to you, and you're going to grow and be strong in the Lord. Amen? Amen. you're going to grow and be strong in the Lord. Would you bow your heads before the Lord? I believe there are some people here that need to respond to this message because you've taken for granted the house of God and you mustn't do that Father in the name of Jesus let there be a a, a strong move of the spirit in every heart in every life as we look at the church and love the house of God and love of the city of man and we love the city of God that you will cause then growth to take place. We will grow stronger, and we will see the blessings of the Lord where you command the blessing, even life forevermore. Lord, if there be any here that have been careless about their attendance, may today they make a fresh start to serve you here in this house name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Can we say man again for pastor Iverson? I just, I just love it. Just that kind of seasoned word and truth and just ministering to us. And we're just again, so grateful uh, that he was able to come. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. I'm not going to belabor this at all, but our prayer teams will be here. I'm going to go into a, a prayer over the just various things that you may come forward, trusting and believing God to minister. And then I'll I'll uh, do a dismissal for those who want to go, but those who just sense God and want to spend some time at the altar, some time in ministry, I'm going to ask you to come. Uh, Pastor Charlie and Pastor Steve will will be here. We'll pray over those who come and- Spirit of God speaks prophetically. Will share prophetic words, but again, not not to belabor or hold everyone else up. But we do want to take some time here to just see what God is saying. Now, you may you may be here, and this this might be uh, a time in your life where you're you're really sensing that God wants to to take you beyond where you are. You, you're walking through a season of life maybe be mentally emotionally spiritually and you, you recognize that life is unbalanced it's it's off track and it's there's nothing you can do to get it back on track i'm just going to be real honest with you there's no way to get it back on track without jesus christ you, you need the lord and and christ died for you he died for your sins uh jesus has extended to you forgiveness forgiveness for all things that you may have done in your life and things that may have occurred and and he wants to love you. Pastor Dick talked about him loving the church. He wants to love you. He wants to minister to you. And so you, it's a great opportunity for you to come. And, and if you want to give your life to Christ, there'll be people here that'll pray with you. We can follow that up with, with uh, water baptism and help you learn and grow in him. So altar's open for that. We believe in healing. We believe that the gifts of God are still working today, healing. If you're feeling filling your body in a manner where you you need to be healed, you want prayer for that, we'll come alongside you and pray for you. You may be walking through a season of confusion. Maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you're you are a believer, but there's just some things in your life that you just you just need some guidance through. We'll pray with you. We'll help you walk through that. But the altar is open. It's a time of ministry. Whatever, whatever you You'd have whatever you need, there's people here that will love you, care for you, pray with you. So the altar is open. The, prayer, the worship team is going to go into a song of worship. I'm going to say a prayer of dismissal. Those of you that need to leave and want to leave, you're free to go. Those of you that want to come and receive ministry, you come. And we'll, we'll be here as long as, as, long as we, we need to be. We love you. I want to thank you for being with us today. Again, it's a great church. If you don't have a church home, this is a great place to be. We certainly, we love you and we'll accept you if you're here and and you actually have membership at another church. We never want to take people from other churches. We actually pray for other churches uh, on a weekly basis. And so so we just thank you for being here with us. But the time of whatever the Lord wants to do in your life is, is available.